Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about what's weighing on our mind. I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm the one of the fat ones, I guess. <laughs> I'm Michael Willer. I am one of the not fat ones. And uh, on my left, we have I'm, not Don, but... I'm Dan. <gasps> Uh, I'm a chubby chaser and a speaker and an author. And um, where is Don this week? Unfortunately, poor Don is sick with the flu. He's very sick with the flu. Mm. He called me this morning wanting to come in to help us record. And he was like, I just wanted to see if my voice was going to be okay for today. I was like, no, no, no. Oh, poor baby. Please just stay home, drink some tea. Yeah. We actually got some uh, honey for Don. We do. We, have, oh. we went to the honey farm this weekend out in Fillmore. And we have two bears full of honey. Dan was having a very hard time deciding. I was. So, I, get so you know, whenever I have trouble deciding, I get both. To be clear, two bear-shaped containers or... No, no, actual bears. Okay. <laughs> no, to be clear, uh, the animal bears or the... They're, they're adorably sh- bear-animal-shaped containers. Lovely. We have not yet progressed to the point of fat acceptance where we have men in little as little <laughs> well, plastic bottles. <laughs> at least not at that particular honey farm. Exactly. Um, so I have to issue a retraction this week. Yes. Uh, I misspoke on our last episode. Um, I had said that the uh, influencer who had been diagnosed with cancer and uh, lost some weight during the procedure uh, was Virginia Soulsmith. That is incorrect. Uh, she is a writer. Uh, the correct name was Maui Bigelow. That is who I meant to talk about. So my apologies. Yes. I will do better. I promise. But see, the good thing is we know people are listening <laughs> because they caught the mistake. That's so. right. We were reminded by one of our listeners. Yes. So thank you for that. Excellent. We appreciate it. So this week we have something a little special. Uh, Dan, you had actually sat down and talked with our friend Dexter Mayfield, who is a dancer. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit more about him? Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I know Dexter from the community and the big men's stuff, but I pitched him when I we were doing Old Dogs, New Tricks, which is a web series, and he plays my love interest there. And, you know, Dexter has a long list of accomplishments you mm-hmm. know he walks the runway for the marco marco show at la fashion week he's been in videos by jennifer lopez and sarah Bareilles, and he was just in taylor swift's new video you need to calm down which won the uh, best video of mm-hmm. 2019 and he performed live with her uh for their performance at the vmas exactly well. yeah so it was so he's up to a lot of great stuff yeah yeah he's also i always it's always funny seeing him pop up and stuff um like when i'm scrolling through instagram because he was in a like a fenty beauty ad where he was Hmm. It was uh, for body glitter, so he's just kind of dancing covered in glitter. Nice. It's always, it's always fun yeah, so I sat down with Dexter and just wanted to get an insight into what it's been like for him as a man of color, as a fat man, as a gay man, uh, of what this has all been like for him. Yeah, he has kind of the trifecta. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So enjoy uh, Dan's interview with Dexter. And uh, remember that uh, next week, I believe we're going to have our special uh, awards episode, which we haven't talked much about, but yes. stay tuned for that. And uh, if you have any ideas for uh, relationship questions, dating advice, anything like that, our Valentine's episode will be in two weeks. And uh, we're going to have a whole lot planned for that yes. one. My guest today on the Big Fat Gay Podcast is Dexter Mayfield. Dexter blew up the internet in 2015 when he was walking the runway on the Marco Marco Fashion Show at LA Fashion Week, and he was subsequently invited back for a couple of years. And I wanted to have Dexter on the show today to really talk about what life has been like for him since and what's important to him as a man of size in a bunch of different communities. Dexter, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. It's so awesome that this exists. So I'm excited. Well, thank you. For those of you out there who don't know, 
Uh, Marco Marco is a rather high profile fashion designer. He designed Katy Perry's cupcake bra. He's done two Super Bowl halftime shows. He did Kesha's rainbow bodysuit and he's designed for Britney Spears at her residency in Las Vegas. So to be asked to walk the runway on one of his shows is kind of a big deal. And I was wondering, could you tell me a little bit about how that came about? So yes, Marco is my love. He's amazing. And he's been a friend and just somebody that I've known for a while. He had expressed interest. He was like, oh, Dexter, I really want you to walk in my fashion show. Uh, do you think that's something that you'd be open to? And I'd be like, of course, absolutely. I've never done anything like that before. So, you know, was ready to leap and jump at the chance. Uh, like I said, any type of representation for men of size, I'm definitely all about it. Everyone's seen a Marco Marco show. So it was definitely an honor. Once we got to show day, the pressure definitely like hit like maximum. And I was like, a nervous wreck. I had Ray Latre fanning me personally because I couldn't stop sweating and I just had my hair straightened for the first time. And I was just, it was just a lot going on. And um, right before I walked out, he really just honed in and he was like, Dexter, I chose you because you are an amazing person beyond uh, dance and performing, but you're an amazing person. I just want your light to shine and just, just go the, out there and be yourself. The walk itself I physically don't remember what happened. <laughs> um, obviously, there is plenty of video footage proof of what actually happened. But yeah, it's just one of those things where I really did just get out of my head and just decided to go for it and not really think about what everyone else thought at the time. And that's something that I've had to deal with all my life. So yeah, that's how that came about. And, you know, it's 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 definitely been a huge blessing for me, for sure. Yeah. And if people want to check out what that looked like and what the response was, as you said, there's plenty of stuff on the Internet. We'll have clips of that uh, on the website so you can check out what Dexter did. And for me, I think what's particularly interesting and remarkable and fun is that your background as a dancer so comes through in that runway walk. I guess a lot of models model. Yeah. And you didn't have a background in modeling before this. Not a single thing whatsoever. <laughs> so, you know, your background really came through dance and that really shows on the runway. And I mean, I just have to say as a chubby chaser, one of the most beautiful things in the world is watching a fat guy dance. It's like watching poetry. Well, so that means a lot. Thank you. <laughs> so, I mean, as I blush <laughs> and what I mean is that it was so unlike anything else on that runway, not just because of your size, not just because of your color, but because of what you brought to it physically in your moves. And you were invited back in two more subsequent years. Yes, so, yes. I mean, obviously something worked. I think I remember you saying you don't really have a formal background in dance. No, I do not. You no. came out of, you came out of Texas playing, I guess, high school football, college football, uh, high school football. Um, I got injured my sophomore year. Uh, funny enough, by my own teammate. Um, <laughs> Friendly fire. You know, just it, 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 it was the heat of the moment. It was a really intense play. We ended up losing the game. So it was totally fine. Um, <laughs> when I got injured, I was like, you know what? This is just a sign. I'm just going to do me and just take a step back and just be like, you know what? You know, football, it's, it's, it's for a lot of people in Texas, just not me. <laughs> so how did you get from how did you get from there to dance even though i don't have 
formal dance training, dance has always been a part of my life in ways, some way, form, or shape all throughout my life. Um, in elementary, even from preschool, to be honest, uh, we did like little pageants and award shows, and I would always be the one picked to dance just because I've always loved dancing. And carried on in the elementary school, middle school, high school. The primary outlet that I had for dance was actually in church. So mm. um, I was part of an all-male dance troupe um, called the Acts of Praise. It was started by Daryl Gilmore at the time. And it was just literally me and all the homies that I grew up with in church. And so that's when the dance bug really creeped in because it's a form of worship and it's a form of praise Mm. and coming from uh, a black American United Methodist church. We, we are joyful. We are proud of our praise and we are excited to praise. So like having that perspective on dance definitely gives you a different outlook on what dance can do and what dance possibly can achieve and open up. So throughout college, uh, I continued, you know, doing my education thing. But uh, again, growing up, I was a people pleaser. Mm. So college kind of got a little, little tricky as I, as I got older, because I was finding myself, I was dealing with, you know, whether I wanted to come out or not, or whether I was, or coming to being aware that I was gay and just a number of different things. And uh, I want to say it was about my junior year is when I actually decided to start taking dance just as a form of, physical fitness to be honest and just just you know just to get some things in check i wasn't happy in general with my life not necessarily just with my body but just where i was um at that time so i decided to take a few dance classes at a gym they were not where i would have wanted them to be (laughs) so then i started uh taking a couple of adult classes throughout the throughout dallas but in high school i definitely wish i would have stepped outside of my house learning you know mm-hmm. dance routines from destiny's child and britney spears and usher and all that so your formal um, dance training was watching mtv exactly <laughs> that's that's pretty much how a lot of uh dancers uh of this generation uh really discovered their love for dance so, yeah. sure and and i think that's so apparent again going back to the runway show your moves are just so much an expression of you it's 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 one of the things that brings me joy it just it just really brings me joy and it makes me happy i don't have a care in the world when i'm dancing i'm happy i'm proud i'm excited i'm energized you know there's a rush there's a feeling when you do something that you love yeah well obviously you got to la yes and one of the things that i know you for and i'm sure you had lots of other projects was uh being in how to train your dragon live spectacular (laughs) yes which if people outside the hollywood circuit don't know like these shows are a major deal they tour all over the world they're big budget and this particular show uh because i've I've seen clips from it is incredibly physical incredibly physical i mean and you don't expect i mean people don't expect fat guys in general to end up in dance and to see what you do in this show and what the whole cast does in this show is monumental and then you did it in china (laughs) yes we how long were you in china with the show um we were in china for about six months total 
uh, between rehearsals and actually putting on the show. The show was on for about a three or four month run. But yeah, uh, China was definitely different. <laughs> um, and I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm <laughs> very grateful for my experience there. But the from the very beginning with um, How to Train Your Dragon, I went into the audition and this was the first quote unquote acting audition that I had to do. Everybody was going, doing their improv, really kind of developing their character. Um, I played Fish Legs mm-hmm. from the movie who is, you know... Uh, a little chubby, uh, well, not even little, a big chubby, <laughs> uh, blonde, little lovable Viking. And um, so I, I was love that you got to play a blonde Viking. By the way. I, I, I did. I did. And I was one of the last people to do a pass of improv. Um, and I started doing, you know, my thing. And then he stopped me a couple of minutes in and he was like, Dexter, he has this very, very strong accent. He's like, Dexter, I hear you're a bit of a physical performer as in referring to my dance. And I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> and he was like, I'd like to see you incorporate that into your character right now. And after that, I was like, well, I guess we're going balls to the wall and this is what it's going to be. So, you know, the, my favorite thing in the industry is loving to dance to no music. So it's always amazing. <laughs> but it got me the role. And that's really when I understood what it took to be a professional performer mm. uh, in the industry. Well, what, and, and what do you mean by that? What it took to be a professional performer? There is a certain amount, regardless of your size, shape height weight whatever um naturally you just have to have a lot of stamina because what a lot of people don't understand is during the rehearsal process you do more than you will ever do in the show quite true period and these are long days these are eight hour days you have one hour for lunch and that's it but other than that you are working your ass off and so um i really got to understand that you know there is a extreme physical component to being a dancer and a physical performer especially in a show like this we were performing in arenas with life-size dragons uh that were driven and controlled by a total of two to three people so it's definitely one of those things where you really have to challenge yourself and really put the pedal to the metal and just go for it and really do your best and being physical at this size, obviously naturally your body's going to do different things. It's going to lose weight. Your weight's going to fluctuate. And it definitely taught me that you have to listen to your body and you have to pay attention to your body so that you know what to do when it comes time to perform on that stage. So, yeah. Did you get much out into the public with that? I mean, I know it's China. I know that you probably don't speak Chinese. I'm, I'm going on in a limb here. Uh, yeah. So did you have any any opportunity to communicate with the audience or the fan base for the show? Because there's a huge fan base for the show. Absolutely. If I were to come out after a show in Beijing, if anybody was there, you know, they definitely want pictures and things. And obviously there's a language barrier, but overall it was supportive. It wasn't necessarily anything that It wasn't like um, they were making fun of me. It wasn't a mocking nature. They were sincerely, genuinely like shocked, I think. Are you saying that they were shocked at your ability as a big guy? Yeah, period. Just the fact that I could do anything that we 
were performing on stage. So yeah, so um, this is particularly about you and your body. Yes, and especially being a person of color in China, oh, yeah. they are not exposed to a lot of men of color, especially brown skin. You know, so and you know, obviously that happened again with the Marco Marco yes displays, and. I know that a lot of a lot of my fat friends, especially um, my fat women friends who might have podcasts, they you know they experience a lot of uh, solidarity, but they also experience a lot of trolling. And I'm wondering whether you're being so visible in that fashion show, representing so many different communities of being mm-hmm. black, being fat, being gay. I'm wondering. Obviously, you had an overwhelmingly positive response. Yes, there must have also been negative responses. I'm guessing. To say there were some negative responses is an understatement. (laughs) Um, But yeah, specifically uh, when uh, the Marco Marco walk went viral, one of the main outlets that really went viral was a a content provider called The Shade Room. And um, it is extremely, extremely popular within the Black American community. So there were a wide range of comments, but the ones that really stood out to me were the ones that kind of really came from me and my family. Um, one of the things that really kind of like, came from or came after came after, came like after. They, they were, they were targeting. You. Yeah. 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 Um, is how I was an example of how white media wants to emasculate the black man. Apparently that was one. Another one was my father should be ashamed. And, Um, that everybody was praying for me and my father and my family that, you know, the fact that I was being exposed and used like this, it was just, it was definitely one of those, it was like a a little bit of a knife to the chest. Well, and I I, I think, you know, when you, you do that walk, you are not representing this bastion of masculinity at all, at all. Yeah. Plus what you're wearing again is not like, it's not thug wear. It's It's, not, it's not hyper masculine and toxic. It's fitted. It's tight. It has peekaboo holes that you could, you know, it's, um, it's really, it was, I I love that jumpsuit. It's still one of my favorites to this day, but yeah. So it was just, it was just really, it, that's what caught me off guard. And the fact that it was coming from the black community and especially like when the walk went viral, a lot of things were happening in our country to young black men with police brutality. Mm. So this is when the Black Lives Matter movement started. So the question I then had was like, Black Lives Matter, but does mine simply because I'm gay, I'm flamboyant, and you know, I'm a big boy walking in heels. You know, like mm-hmm. why doesn't why doesn't my life matter at this point? Or you feel that you have to come after my likeness and my presence and question my family and just the fact that I'm being used for something other than what I want to do, you know? So Mm -hmm. it was real frustrating for that, but also even just within the gay community, the emoji I got well acquainted with for the gay community was, you know, the good old green nauseous face. And Mm -hmm. then, uh, the vomit and just like he's gonna die and he's gonna have a heart attack and he's gonna have diabetes I do not have diabetes just so we're clear and you know just di- just ignorant things like that and it's uh, I've ran into it since the fashion show almost every time I put something out but majority of the response in general is love acceptance Mm-hmm. And from all corners of life, whether that be from the black community, the fat, specifically the fat community, it's a great and beautiful and amazing. I think that, like you said, it's overwhelmingly great 
to be supported by each of these communities. But it does sting when, you know, the people you when your hometown crowd. Yeah. You know, yeah. when 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 you try to be the best person you can and then that gets called into question simply because you don't agree with the fact that I'm wearing heels or wearing something fitted and showing my body. Well, you know? when, when you're not representing what they think you should represent. Exactly. Exactly. Because they've determined what's acceptable to represent. Well, and speaking of that, what is important about that for you? What is important about the fashion show? Now looking back at it, because you, you know you did it for a number of years. Yeah. You may do it again. What's your takeaway from that? And what, what's important to you? What are you proud of about that? What I'm specifically proud of for the Marco Marco moment is that it really, I didn't know that I was going through, still going through my self-love journey. I thought I had arrived at that point. Mm. And then after the runway, I realized that I still have a lot of self-love work to do. And the reason I think that it really put me in that position is one the actual garment, the actual piece that I wore was the most revealing thing that I had ever put on in my life up until that point. Not to mention it being transmitted across the globe. <laughs> you know, <laughs> certain things like that. And um, I knew it was something different. Uh, after Once the show was done, just from the people who were there and like saw the show live they were like dexter something some this this is different like something's happening like i'm so like obviously everyone's very proud of me and especially friends they specifically said something's electric now and some something's good gonna come from this and i think the main thing that i've taken away from that is that i can't pigeonhole myself to simply one thing anymore like mm. if i really do want to be a part of this industry whether it be through dance, be through fashion, be through film or anything. It's just that I have to really go for it 100% and I have to really love myself 100% throughout that, you know? And it just taught me to be, it, it's really where my newfound confidence came from. Yeah. No, and, and that comes across. It definitely does. You know, and with each show, each year, I tried something different and I tried to approach it differently and really discover all aspects of who I was. The second walk was a lot more feminine. I had more makeup. I, even more skin was showing and it was more of a dominant type of vibe. So, and then the next year, I'll just like put the heels away and just like, at the end of the day, I still am a boy and I still express myself as a boy and mm -hmm. I enjoy being masculine and male, you know. And so I think it really just unlocked in me that I can be all of those things all at once, all at the same time. And I yeah. don't have to really worry about what other people think. You know, we talk a lot today about intersectionality and how, you know, for example, you represent at least three distinct communities at least, at least. <laughs> i mean I, who am i definitely to say definitely more who, who sure. am i to say i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go out on a limb on that one <laughs> but you know at, you know there's fat there's black there's gay and who else who knows what else that's yeah that's your business on the other hand i think you've made a big point in a lot of your interviews about saying you know i'm not the black guy i'm not the fat guy i'm not the gay guy i want to be known for my talent yes and so i'm wondering how those two ideas because there is a definite you know, as one of these member of, of each of these three communities, at mm -hmm. least you bring something to the table. Yes. That wasn't there before. I try. I try at least. <laughs> and then there's just you, there's, 
the you know yeah the dexter mayfield factor yeah oh well, thank so you. i'm wondering how that is for you or how how life how you go through life with it, it that's kind of a two-headedness unless i'm misunderstanding uh it's definitely a two-headedness and i think that one i've grown up with it in my entire life um with with what um an aspect of code switching mm-hmm. i guess you could say just being young southern and black you're taught growing up that there's a certain way that you hang around white people mm-hmm. and then there's a certain way that you hang around black people your people you know mm-hmm. so growing up with that i've always been able to adapt to various situations so once i came out and once i you know started to really make a name and a brand for myself in this industry in what we call this industry i think that i really needed to find a space where i was okay to simply be me right but i think that it's very ignorant and also very selfish to not acknowledge the fact that i am a black man and i am a i'm proud to be a black man i'm proud to walk in the legacy of so many that have come before me and i'm proud to be a gay man and proud to be fat in a sense that i love me as me in this current moment not necessarily worrying about what perceptions that might be for people who don't or people who are very ignorant about being fat and people who are fat in general you know Mm -hmm. So I think that it's really balancing act, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. And to acknowledge that I'm a part of all those communities, but also understanding that I am uniquely designed and uniquely me. I think that if you really understand and accept both aspects, I think that it will take you further than you might think. Because like, if I were to just say that I was those things and that's all i want to be and that's all i want to be understood as that's totally fine as well but i think that i have to also understand what i contribute to each community as an individual as well yeah i've always thought of it as there's a sort of paradox there yeah like to me is just as a gay man yeah you know being gay is you know a minor part of who i am as a human being on the planet absolutely same here on the other on the other hand everything i do is filtered through my experience of being a gay man exactly exactly and so at once for me it's like everything and nothing it is the paradox of it of being gay for example and just that one community of it being everything and nothing exactly and i think that transcending that paradox is what some people call a balancing act i think is is really an act of transcendence to just be you yeah and i I see that in your work that it's, I mean, it's you on the runway. It's not a fat man. It's not a gay man. It's not a black man. It is you on that runway. And I'm wondering if you have any, do you have any advice or anything that was important to you in kind of coming to inhabit more of who you are, coming to be more you? The point in which I really understood that I have something personally to offer the world is when I honestly decided to move to LA. Mm. Uh, in conversations with family before I was about to move, no one from my family had left Texas at this point. They said five things happen. One, you end up gay. And I was like, well, <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't out to my family at the time. So I was like, y'all can go ahead and ch- check that off. LA has nothing to do with that. Um, gay. But, but they were afraid that LA would turn you gay. Yes. Okay. Um, gay, drugs, 
jail, homeless, or dead. And I was like, or I could be a success. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, none of those five things ever happened in the great state of Texas. Ever, ever. (laughs) Um, But something really just drew me to move to LA because at this point, I was breaking walls and stereotypes just at a studio in Houston at the time. Mm. And the studio director actually came up to me. He's like, normally, you know, I look at my dancers as, you know, as, you know, they have to be physically fit. That's part of what they do. That's, you know, that's the, that's, that's the vision I see for the dancer for this dance company. Did he actually say physically fit? Yes. Very, very much. Cause so. even though you're doing all the same physicality as the other dancers, they're fit, but you're not comes with the territory, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So at this point I was just like, I can do this. Like, I know I can do this, so I'm going to do this. So my main advice for anybody, if you have something that's in your heart or something that's driving you or something that you're very passionate about, whether that is being a fat person who does want to dance or whether that's being a gay person who who wants to dance as well, because there's been a shift where the ultra vision of masculinity the male dancer has to be that's not the case anymore even though that was never the case in the community but for the jobs that count or for the jobs that we really do want you don't have to do you don't have to worry about that anymore but my whole thing is is just like if there's something that's keeping you from being intrinsically you get rid of that get that out of your head let it go it's everybody's issue but yours All you have to really do is focus on what makes you happy and just go for it. And there are going to be people that not only tell you you shouldn't do it, these whoever, whatever, like you said, intersectionality that you are, wherever intersection you may lie, like there are going to be people say we don't do that or they don't do that or you people like you don't do that. For specifically fat boys, Mm -hmm. there's specifically with dance, they're going to tell you you can't do it. Um, or, or you can do it when you can do it when you lose all this weight, you will have a wonderful career and it'll be amazing. I just say F- them and just don't worry about people who only want to contribute negatively to your life. You know, um, if people aren't encouraging you to do what makes you happy, farewell, goodbye, you know, see you later when you when you figure out what's going on with you, we can reconnect. But you know, just 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 be happy and do you and do what makes you happy and you know just 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 be happy and yeah. just do it and be better and yeah. great and everything it will be awesome. <laughs> what do you see as next for fat performers in entertainment? Do you think there's a barrier that's ready to fall next, or do you see it maybe the other way that there is one barrier that you just get so frustrated by? <sighs> this is a really good question. Um, for me, I personally want to see more fat bodies on runways, Mm. male, female, trans, all genders, all non-genders. Um, I think that's really where specifically in fashion, that's where I really want to see it. Um, as far as dance goes, it's, it's, it's time to let, it's time to let the big boys and big girls tour. Mm. Just, just it's time and not just tour, in a niche market it's tour alongside the dancers that we've been training with our entire lives exactly it's you know putting in that work and being able to experience the things that 
our friends and our family who are not fat get to, you know, they get to do it. Uh, I think it's it's time for that. I think it's time, and specifically for TV and film, to have fat people in leading romantic roles. And it's not a joke. And it's not something that, oh, I love myself. Can we start out loving ourselves? Mm -hmm. Can we start out, you know, being ready for someone, you know, and not having to have this awakening that I am beautiful as I am before, you know, somebody else sees us as beautiful. And personally, I, I, I just, you know, I feel I, it's time for a fat superhero. That's just me. That's what I, I want. I think it's coming. I think it's in the uh, pipeline right now. I, I, I think it's very, we're very close. Um, if I can put my hat, my name in the hat, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a Marvel geek through and through. So um, that's definitely something that I want to see. And more equal representation across the board in all forms of media, you know? Yeah. And just whether that's Instagram or TikTok or you know, whatever the kids do these days, um, <laughs> just, you know, just more equal representation. So it's to the point where the weight doesn't even matter. You know, it's not like, oh, that person's just like you said, just great. Like you're awesome and beautiful and you just so happen to be fat, mm-hmm. you know, just just get it to that point where it's not even a question and there's no more. This is the first fat black man that walked the runway. There's no more first. Everything's just you do it. You deserve it. You get it. Yeah. Period. I think a way that I've seen it is so often in movies or TV, we have fat characters instead of characters who just are fat. Exactly. The character is designed to be fat so we can make certain jokes or we can, as you said, you know, we can, they can have a body awakening because, you know, thin people don't have that. Yeah. One of the other things I think is important about that representation is that it spills out into our personal lives. Exactly. Because, you know, there are a whole bunch of fat guys and fat girls and and chubby chasers who are in this this taboo that we can't talk about that, we can't like that, we can't appreciate that. And when you don't see yourself on television or you only see yourself on television as the buffoon or the joke or the problem, yeah. it leaks out in our relationships. Do you have any advice for chubby chasers? Because I'm sure you've been on a date with a few. Is there stuff that works for you? Is there stuff that doesn't work for you? I have been waiting to answer this question for so long. (laughs) Uh, I think for me specifically with chubby chasers or those who admire or attracted to fat people. One thing I am not my fat. Step one. What do you mean by that? I am not just to be used or desired simply because I have a fat body. Mm -hmm. That's step one specifically it's a trigger but yes my fat is not a fetish and it's not something my body's my body but at the same time like i appreciate you being attracted to it but don't let that be the only reason you're attracted to me yeah my my friend mikey um whom i was on the mtv uh, true life show with he had a great way of putting it he said i really like to be appreciated for my body but i don't want to be anybody's carnival ride exactly that is the best best way uh, to describe that other advice I have for uh, chubby chasers is just step up, <laughs> just step the fuck up. And what, like, what would that look like? That would look like if I'm out and about, whether it's West Hollywood, 
it's primarily mainly West Hollywood. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, so for this example, if it's West Hollywood, we're out at Rocco's or whichever bar said, if you're attracted to me and you're feeling it, come say hi. Mm. Come buy a drink. Ask if I buy you. I don't care. Just as long as if you're attracted to me and if you're feeling it, don't be scared simply because, you know, everybody's talking to the next person because you know you know they 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 the muscle queen or you know the other our other intersections of our community let's just put it at that and not let your embarrassment for your desires be be in the way yeah because something great could happen something amazing could happen we could fall in love we could have an amazing night maybe have an amazing moment doesn't matter but if you don't try like you're, you'll never find out, you know? Yeah, and that was when we worked together on the web series, Old yes, Dogs and New Tricks. Exactly. You know, I, I had a, a huge hand in creating the character that I played. I played a, a closeted chubby chaser who tries to make it work with a normal muscular guy yeah. because that's what you're supposed to like. That's what you're supposed to do. That's, that's, I've, oh yeah, we approve that. We approve that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, we've talked on the podcast about how not being with that actively upsets onlookers. Yeah. It upsets your family. It upsets a lot of people. But one of the ways that the show worked was, and I don't even know if you know this because it happens off camera, but you and I, our characters, we get married. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There was no wedding. It was beautiful <laughs> well, in my mind. If, if we come back in season four, there may be. Oh, well, 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 hello, <laughs> dogs, new tricks. What's good? Well, and, and I bring that up because of we're almost at the point where it's okay for a fat person to have a love interest. Yes. But there's still a moratorium on you can't like them because they're fat. That can't be a component because we're afraid of objectifying, because we're afraid of fetishizing. And I'm just looking forward to the day where we can have chubby chasers on television and they're not demonized because it's the only thing they like. It's a little like when, you know, if a straight friend finds out you're gay and they go, oh, well, I know a gay guy. You must be attracted to him because you're both gay. If I get asked that question, (laughs) well, it hasn't been as of recently, but when I first came out, that was, I was like, right. It it doesn't work like that. And and people think that chubby chasers are the same way. Oh, I have a fat friend. Of course, you're going to want to have sex with them. And specifically for gay chubby chasers. And I think that that's, it's such a thing now or I've definitely had experiences with guys who are definitely attracted to me and there's a bit of chemistry, but nothing happens because again, they're too afraid to step outside of that norm and be like, Oh my God, you're with him. What? Can't believe that. But, and, and or, then or, on the or internal shame. Exactly. I can't or, believe I like that. Or even on the flip side where I'll have people ask me, Twin times a day. Dexter, how are you still single? How are you still single? How have you not had a boyfriend yet? And I'm like, well, I've I've gone through what I need to go through. I'm okay with me. I'm great with me. It's where we still have so much further to go, specifically gay men and specifically gay men in Los Angeles to where it's okay for somebody to come up and holler at me and it'd be okay. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that, well, and I should say a lot of, just because we're called chasers, chubby chasers, 
we're not necessarily any better at chasing than you are. Exactly. And I, I'm, I think you're probably better at chasing than most chubby chasers. <laughs> <laughs> right. But what chasers don't get is that there's a hell of a lot more risk for you going up to a thin guy at a bar and making a move yeah. than there is for me going up to a fat guy, having, you know, I having thin privilege. There's a lot more risk involved for you than there is for me. Absolutely. And we just kind of got to own that. Yeah. And I'm definitely grown to a place where I'm, if I do see someone that I may be attracted to out and about, I'm just now at that place where I feel I can do it. And that's simply because I've been fortunate enough to be able to be confident enough to do that because I have the career that I have right now. I've been able to be aware of my self-worth, you know, and a lot of us fat boys don't have that, you know? So I think that, you know, if the chubby chases would just, you know, step up just a little bit Mm -hmm. and just, you know, be like, what's up? How you doing? You looking good. And it's great. And it's, it it has happened as of recently. Uh, But then, you know, the fetish once we reached a certain point the fetishizing of my fat came into play and i was like i got a chunk deuce now you know Mm -hmm. so um and i think that's also some more advice like yes we're fat yes we're attract you're attracted to said fat but get to know the person get to know me get to understand what turns me on get to understand what makes me click so then we can have a mutual beneficial situation whatever that may be Mm -hmm. you know because i think that sometimes we within the chaser admire community us fat boys we feel like oh i finally got something so let me just so let me just do whatever they want to do Mm -hmm. let me not worry about what satisfies me no and, and i can tell you as a chaser i can't tell you how many times a fat guy will say what do i need to do to please you and my answer is like you already did it. You showed up. You showed <laughs> up. You showed up hot and fat. I I think it's my turn now. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and just um give give a little love, have a little TLC for the fat boys. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. like, just just a little something, not too much. I agree. I think that's a I think that's enough advice. We'll 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 see who steps up to the plate with that. that How about that? That that'd be great. <laughs> is there anything that you've never been asked in an interview that you've always wanted to be asked? Not necessarily a question, but it's something that you touched on a bit. The one thing that I did love about Old Dogs and Tricks and specifically our relationship, it was so like, especially compared to the rest of the show, our relationship seems so much more normal. Yeah. Yeah. It seems so much more normal in terms of like, we were content and happy to be with each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that if anything, I would love to see more of that where it's just normalized that, oh, that's just it. That's just their partner, period. Yeah, in the yeah. conversation and you know let's develop this beautiful story or film that we have now you know that's great and for those of you listening if you want to know what we're talking about we'll have a link to it on the website it's called old dogs new tricks i think it was season three episode four <laughs> it was indeed it was yes hey <laughs> i thought i was gonna mess that up but yes <laughs> well thank you so much for talking with me today it's been wonderful to reconnect with you and listen to you and talk to you thank you for having me i'm so happy to be on this podcast again it's just and and i've i've listened for the past few episodes and i'm just so happy that this conversation is being had in this format and i think i think i think it's going to be really good for all the big boys in the community because you know it's our time mm-hmm. it's, it, it's time that you know big boys need love too mm. and you know that's a bit of my mantra for 
2020. So I think this is great. And, you know, showing some love for all parts of our community is absolutely beautiful. That's great. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, th- thank you, Dan. That was really great. I, I mean, I kind of knew Dexter, but I didn't know yeah. his whole history. Yeah, he's a really fascinating guy. And I think he's inspirational for a lot of people. I know. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, I haven't had a chance to actually sit down and talk with him in depth before. So that was that was really great for me to listen to as well. Great. Um, so I think that's our show for this week. Um, we have a couple things. Just as a reminder, if you have any questions for the Valentine's Day episode, please send them in. Uh, we're going to really try and, and make that one nice and sensual for you so yeah <laughs> lay out some uh, some rose petals get some uh, edible body topping and you'll be listening to this as don is recovering from the flu so please wish him well yes um we are hoping that he'll be back in time for next episode because that's coming up fast we are still waiting on the wonder sauna hot pants um <laughs> You really, you don't have to worry about those. I think, although somebody sent me the link and they've been updated. They are now the height of fashion. They really are. Where where are they the height of fashion? There's there's a few different (laughs) styles. There's like a more slim fit one. Yes. These were. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) (laughs) So these are designed to make you slim and they have a slim fit model. Oh, yes. Yes. Very, very slim fit. That's what I want. Form fitting rubber pants that inflate. Well, there's in some all that, the right places. There's some that inflate, and then there's other ones that just like are so tight, and I think they're just like rubber. Oh, I miss the days of just wrapping the body in saran wrap. Oh yes, that'll that that'll make you sweat. So, Trevor, do you want to sign us out with the social media info? Yeah. Um, once again, we are on Twitter, Instagram as Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook. Uh, you can check out our page, the Big Fat Gay Podcast. You can go to our website, www.bigfatgaypod.com, or you can email us at bigfatgaypod at gmail.com. Great. And if you want to see what Dexter looks like and you want to see him dancing in these videos, we'll have links on the website. Yes. Well worth watching. He is an incredible dancer. He yes. really is. Uh, and if you're listening in the car, there's someone, someone behind, behind you. you. <laughs> Look out. Look out.